Welcome to the Mark Driscoll Ministries podcast. To find more Bible teaching from Pastor Mark, visit markdriscoll.org. Thank you for listening and being a part of Mark Driscoll Ministries. And remember, it's all about Jesus. Thanks for joining us for Church Online. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. And we're going to do things a little bit different today. And so I wanted to have a discussion with you. And uh, it's about motherhood. And we had as well was kind of an interesting conversation. It was like the Lord woke you up one morning and gave you a little message. Maybe explain a little bit of that and then we'll get into what that message is. Yeah, I guess I'm so busy being a mom and a wife that the Lord has to wake me up to give me something. I was sleeping soundly. (laughs) So yeah, he just, he woke me up and I had words and alliteration of words that spelled out lead. And so I woke up and put some scripture to it and shared it with you. And you said, hey, let's use that for the Mother's Day. Well, it seemed to be like God impress something on your heart to share with everyone, but the moms in particular on Mother's Day. And so, yeah, I mean, I was sleeping and you were up early meeting with the Lord, being the godly one in the relationship. And uh, when I came out, you're sitting on the couch and you're like, I think God really gave me something. He spoke something to me. And so uh, I'll share each of the points and it's L-E-A-D for all of you note takers. And uh, it's love, enjoy, affirm, and discipline. That was kind of what you felt the Lord gave to you. So I'll give you the first scripture, and then we can have a discussion about it. Uh, Love uh, for moms on this Mother's Day, 1 John 4, 7 and 8. uh, We love because he first Mm -hmm. loved us. For moms, especially on Mother's Day, why is it important, do you think, to start with love? And not only to start with our love for our kids, but God's love for us. Because God started with love. God is love. And if it wasn't for his love, we wouldn't even know how to love. And he gave the ultimate sacrifice of love with his son, Jesus, on the cross. And so he's our ultimate example. And if we don't start with that, then we have nothing to give. The Holy Spirit gives us love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And so out of that, we can then love our kids because we don't have enough energy to love all of them all the time if we don't start with that. So for those moms that might even be tuning in, and maybe they're not Christians or they're not actively living a Christian lifestyle. Do you think that hinders negatively their ability to love their kids? Maybe if they're married, love their spouse, their friends, love their friends. If they're not really connected to God's love, how does that affect their ability to love? It's limited because they have a limited resource of what they can conjure up. And I think it would be really hard. It, it I don't know how I would have done it without Jesus because some days are just too hard beyond God's help. And so within that too, you can be honest, I sure appreciate it. I'm guessing all mothers agree. Are there times that it's hard to love your kids? Absolutely. Yeah, things that I never thought I would feel, um, I did with my kids. And I had to really go to the Lord with those because it can be constant chaos. There's days where I felt like a total failure all day. Um, and the one thing I could be assured of was that God loved me and he was going to continue to help me. But beyond that, there was some days there was nothing more than that, but I had to cling to that. And so, um, someone wants to go to God to receive his love. I mean, there's a lot of pressure to be the source of love. Mm. Um, it takes a lot of the pressure off when God is the source. It's just like, you know, you go to the fridge and you get food for the kids, you go to the tap, you get water for the kids, you go to the Lord, you get love for the kids. It's nice to know that there's a source beyond yourself to get the resources that your family and your kids need. 
some practical ways that a woman, but especially a mom, or let's even talk about a mom with little kids. How does she get that love from God that then she can share with the kids in the family? Well, time in the word and time in prayer, which I didn't always do well with little kids because your time is constantly go, go, go for the kids and for your husband. It's easy to get your husband out of that priority as well. And so, but today, raising kids, there's a lot more resources. There's a lot more at your fingertips or that you can listen to while you're doing all the things that you have to do as a mom. And so today I would listen to a lot of podcasts while doing laundry or dishes or ironing or feeding the kids. Um, you can listen to it in your headphone or you can allow the kids to listen to some of the stuff so that it's pouring into them. The word is pouring into them as well. Um, there's a ton of resources outside of the Bible as well, but the Bible is the one thing, if you can only do one thing, and if I could go back and do that better, I would make sure that I was reading scripture, even if it was one verse a day, and letting that soak in and really be the nourishment that I could then raise my kids from. And I didn't always do that well. So practically too, um, explain kind of your use of like the YouVersion Bible app mm -hmm. on your phone. I mean, you use it all the time. You like the reading plans. I, you're in doing laundry or cooking dinner or whatever. And I'm hearing some guy reading Leviticus, maybe <laughs> explain all of that. Yeah, the YouVersion has been a super helpful app for me because it can read, you can read through the Bible in a year and it, reads to you. If hands-free, you don't have to be looking at it. You can stop it and take notes if you want. I screenshot scriptures that stand out to me. Um, it's a very helpful resource. It also has reading plans. So if you have certain teachers or authors that you like, you can focus just on those reading plans and help them each day build your spiritual walk with Jesus. And in addition to, um, there's subject matter. So you want to learn about prayer Topics. or mm -hmm. parenting or motherhood stress. or stress. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll bring the scriptures to bear on certain particular issues. Absolutely. And so number one, love, knowing that God mm -hmm. loves you. How important do you think it is to understand that long before you're a parent, you're always a child? because then we can put ourselves in our kids' shoes. We're God's child, and if we don't understand that God is patient with us, God is loving with us, God is kind, long-suffering, all those things, then we get easily frustrated with our kids and want them to be adults even though they're kids. And so I think it's helpful to put ourselves in the shoes of we are God's children, and He is walking us through and training us in life, and He's called us to do the same with the kids that He's entrusted to us. Yeah, so it seems like you're getting at that, you know, God's a father. There's this parental role with God and he loves us and he disciplines us and he instructs us and he corrects mm -hmm. us and he comforts us. And then he sets the pattern precedent, kind of the prototype for what it means to parent and love your kids. Mm -hmm. And so that relationship then sets up the relationship that you have with your kids. So start there with love and it's God's love for us and then God's love through us to the kids uh, the second one is enjoy. So L-E-A-D, for those of you that are note takers, Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So talk about a little bit as a parent in general, but a mother in particular, how important is it to enjoy the kids? Very important. Another thing that I did wrong was just 
hone in on the tasks, hone in on discipline, and not stop and just laugh and enjoy my kids regularly. I did sometimes, but there were moments that I let stress and tasks get in the way of that. And then I became the stressed out mom and nobody wants to be <laughs> hang out with you at that point. And then dad comes home and is the fun dad. And then I get frustrated because he's the fun dad and I'm not fun. And oh, it just becomes a horrible cycle. So it's very important to enjoy your kids. It's again, a picture of how God enjoys us. And when we're able to do that, they don't feel like they're constantly being criticized or put down. They feel like, oh, my parents actually love and enjoy me. It's a wonderful thing to know that people enjoy you and not just love you. I think that's huge. I mean, love is unconditional, it's, but to enjoy someone is very, very personal. Mm -hmm. And uh, for a lot of kids, if they don't believe that their parents, but especially their mom, actually enjoys them, mm -hmm. likes having them around, wants to do life with yeah. them, what do you think that does to the heart of a child that doesn't think that, let's say parents in general or mom in particular, they don't really like me. They don't really enjoy me. I'm a burden. They don't like having me around. I'm a hassle. I'm in the way. I'm an inconvenience. I'm a nuisance. Mm -hmm. I'm a bother. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of kids feel that way. Um, I know, you know, at times in my life, I have felt that way. And it doesn't help you want to do a good job and keep going. It kind of gets depressing at times if you feel like you're always in the way. And so it really helps kids to just be able to stop and laugh with them. Sometimes they spill things and break things and it's not always a sin. And so just to stop and laugh and know that mistakes are part of being training a little kid and training them up. And what would you say to the mom? Because you're very responsible. You are very diligent about you know managing the home and routine and healthy nutrition and clean household environment. And so you know, on the Mary Martha scale, um, you know, you're, you're more the Martha, mm -hmm. the, the person who's gonna get a lot done rather than sit there and hang out. That's, that's more her sister. What would you say to the mom who says, I can't enjoy my kids, I have too much to do, or I will enjoy them once I get all my projects, chores, and work done? They will never all get done. <laughs> and I kept thinking the same thing when my kids were little, and they just never get done. There's always projects, and the point of being a parent is not just to parent and discipline, it's to enjoy, they're a blessing. And if you don't see them as a blessing, then it, it's a detriment to the children. Again, they feel in the way or like a burden and we want our kids to realize they are a blessing to us. Um, so I would say it may not seem like there's time, but if you ask the Lord to show you the moments in your day that you're doing something else with that time. I don't know, maybe it's social media, maybe it's chatting with a friend in an, in an unnecessary conversation. Um, I don't know, there's all kinds of things that sidetrack us as mothers. And I ask, ask the Lord to start showing me moments here and there in my day where I could just stop and enjoy the kids, stop and enjoy my time in the Word. And there's a lot more time than we think. Mm -hmm. Yes, we're busy, but there are those moments because God wants to be priority and he wants our husbands and our kids to be priority. And I think if all you're thinking about is tasks, chores, projects, mm -hmm. duties, and especially now, moms are homeschooling, Absolutely. everything's way more complicated than ever for everybody, that, um, that ultimately if that's what's on the forefront of your mind, there could be opportunities to enjoy the kids, windows of sacred opportunity mm -hmm. that are just missed. Yes. 
you're like, well, I was going to sit down and do the puzzle with the kid, but I got to do the dishes. Or I was going to go outside and, you know, kick the soccer ball around with the kid, but I had to make a phone call. I, I was going to go, you know, snuggle up with the kid and read a book, but I had to do the laundry. Mm -hmm. And it's that awareness through the course of the day of enjoying the child. Otherwise, I guess my concern is the child feels like everything is important except for me and Absolutely. I'm the last priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I had that with one of our kids specifically where I corrected that child a lot because they did disobey a lot, but I wasn't um, always investing in the fun with them. And so they didn't feel loved by me. And we've had to have those conversations later in life where I thought all I was doing was loving and serving them, but that's not how they received it. And so it was a detriment to our relationship and we've worked that through. Thankfully, the Lord has highlighted that so I can repent and work that through. But those were important things for him to feel enjoyed as a kid and he didn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. And within that too, it's, it's almost like, I guess the picture that comes to mind is like enjoying your child, making memories, having fun, being silly, taking photos, going on adventures. Yeah, you're great at that. Um, th those are like deposits. Mm -hmm. And then correction and discipline is like a withdrawal. Absolutely. And a lot of us grew up in homes where very few deposits were made and a lot of withdrawals were made. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I mean, I get, I get disciplined, you know, more than I get encouraged. I have more chores than I do fun. Mm -hmm. And when my parent comes to talk to me, it's usually not because they have something fun planned, but because I did something wrong. Um, and you put another verse under this in joy, Proverbs 31, 25, speaking of the Proverbs 31 woman, the, the perfect gal, she laughs at the time to come. How does that connect for you to the enjoying of the kids? Well, I think as moms, we often stress at the times to come because if we see a kid disobeying, we go to worst case scenario, oh, that means they're going to grow up and kill people, you know, <laughs> or something crazy like that. We tend to go to worst case scenario if we don't get on it right now, instead of stopping and, and explaining and enjoying the moment with the child in training them um, and just laughing about some of the things that kids say. And I know some moms that that write out when their kids say, they just write it out on a slip of paper when the kids say something funny and they throw it in a, a bowl on the counter just so they can keep track because they don't always have time to get their notebook out and write it down. And But kids say fun, crazy things. So those are just simple ways, but you were always good at planning the fun. But it was easy for me to get resentful because I thought, well, I'm doing all the hard work of disciplining. And you're like, no, this is part of raising the kids. We discipline them, yes, but we also have to enjoy them. Otherwise, parenting is horrible. Well, my goal, I mean, I, I love the kids and I want to honor you as a great mom and, and the five kids. But to me, the enjoyment of the child should mm -hmm. be constant mm -hmm. and the correction and discipline should be intermittent. Right. If the discipline or correction is constant and the enjoyment is intermittent, that's miserable. None of us wants to be in that relationship. Yep. If, if our marriage was was like, you felt like living with me was a constant performance review, and then there were a few windows to go have a good time during the week, that would be exhausting and discouraging. Right. If the goal is we enjoy each other, and occasionally we make course corrections so that we can get back to having fun, making memories, and enjoying each other, mm -hmm. then even the corrections are for the greater good of having more fun and building more memories. Right. 
And so for me, it's like taking photos, silly videos, trying to even capture that so that as they grow older, going back and revisiting those young years, and do you remember this? Do you remember that? We did this and this was fun and let's watch that silly video again. And as we do that, it just reminds the kids, we had a lot of fun. It was yeah. good to be together as a family. You guys really enjoyed being with us and there was a lot of laughter. And, and this verse that you quote on laughter, what would you say to the home that they love the Lord and they're serious and they're devout, but there's not a lot of laughter in the home? I think that's an issue. Um, I think they need to consider why there isn't and really ask the Lord, how do we bring joy into this home? Um, I mean, it, it would be really hard for me to live in a joyless home. Yeah, you've I got a big, great laugh. laugh. Yeah. I love to laugh. And, and so I think, yeah, that's it. You need to really ask the Lord, how can we bring joy into the home? How, why is it so, is it a critical atmosphere? Is it a stressed atmosphere? Is it a depressed atmosphere? And why is it like that? Where's the root mm -hmm. to that issue? And then ask the Lord to help you start creating new habits that bring about laughter and joy. I mean, a non-biblical quote is, you know, laughter is great medicine, and it's true. It really is healing. And so I think we need to be able to laugh. And I think about it. I'm just thinking about Jesus. Kids ran to him, and they wanted to hang out with him. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And kids usually do that. If, one, they know that you enjoy them, mm -hmm. and two, you're fun. Yep. And so the fact that kids were drawn to Jesus would indicate that there was something about him that he actually enjoyed the kids, and they knew that... He, they were enjoyed by him and they had fun together. And then it's all the religious people who come around and say, get rid of the kids. They're making too much noise. We've got very serious business to do. And Jesus is like, no, the kingdom of God was made for such as these. And so if we learn anything from Jesus, it's the more you enjoy children and have fun with them, the more they come to you rather than running from you. Uh, how about this one? Next one, uh, A, L-E-A-D, uh, affirm. Proverbs 31, 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. I love that verse. Um, if we're going to open our mouth, we need to have wise words. And a lot of times as women, we like to say a lot of words, but it's not always wise. And that can be even, I'm a verbal processor. But it's best to verbal process with the Lord, not with your kids. Absolutely. If your kids are driving you nuts, don't think about it out loud in front of all the other kids. Mm -hmm. uh, go in private with God and let him process that with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's to affirm them is very important. They need to know that when you speak wise words and encouraging words, that it it's actually deep from what you feel about them, that you do love them and you do enjoy them. And so affirmation, we all love affirmation. I have a hard time taking compliments, but it does feel good to receive a compliment when you know that someone really is saying it out of their love for you and their enjoyment of you. And so for kids, I think they need a lot of affirmation. I mean, What does it look like practically for a mom with maybe little kids or like ours, teens and 20-somethings? I mean, if you think about it, kids come into this world and know nothing. And so as they're learning, they need you to affirm that they're doing it right or wrong, or hey, let's correct that a little bit. I mean, for a mom of little kids, it's it's not taking things super seriously every moment, but to stop and just say, hey, you did a good job, even if it's a little thing, you know, whether you're potty training or whether, you know, they're cleaning up and they didn't do it perfectly. Kids will not do it perfectly, but they have to learn how to do it well. And part of that process is affirmation. 
and coming in and saying, good job, you cleaned up well. And then if you have to re-clean it without them seeing, that's okay, we, we have to do that. But it's part of them. Otherwise, if you put a lot of stipulations or perfection onto something you request of your child, they don't wanna do it anymore because they feel stressed about how you're gonna respond. But if you're affirming them, you know, good job planting that plant in the garden or wiping the floors or good job eating your whole meal. I mean, just little things, they need that constantly. Then when you need to go to correct, like you said, you have an account of affirmation and encouragement and you can draw from that. How about um, affirming a child, not just, I agree with that, when they're, when they're being obedient, compliant, when they're making a sincere effort, even if they met well and they made a mistake, did something wrong, they were trying to set the table and they broke the dish, mm -hmm. you know, it's the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. Right. You don't get upset for the broken dish, you get grateful that they were trying to help. In addition to the performance, how can a mom affirm the child as a person, apart from their performance? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that goes back to the love of God too. If we know we're loved, if they, as a child, know they're loved, then they're gonna feel confident to go about life. And I think affirming who they are, they're designed by God, they're loved by God, they're cared for by God. I mean, all those things build us up in our character. And so that's a great place to start with just who they are. Whether or not they mess up or do great, they're loved. And kids need that security of that love and the affirmation and the words. So sometimes we can feel like we're loving them through doing stuff for them, but affirmation is spoken love. And it really matters for kids to hear from you that they're affirmed and loved by you. And I, I think we can miss the fact that oftentimes kids see themselves through our eyes. Mm -hmm. So if we're criticizing them, they think they're a failure. Mm -hmm. um, if we're ignoring them, they think that they're unimportant. Mm -hmm. um, if we're using them, they, they think they're an employee. Yeah. And if we're affirming them, we're really building God's best into them. We're encouraging them. We're, we're building them up rather than beating them down. And kindness is on her tongue is the scripture. And kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. So going back to how do we get that? Well, sometimes we don't feel so kind as moms because we're stressed out. But going back to the Holy Spirit, going saying a prayer. It doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer even, but Lord help can be a great prayer. How do I be kind to my child right now when I'm so frustrated and they keep doing the same thing over and over? I mean, I remember kids doing the same thing 20 times, one time after another, and it was just, I just wanted to I apologize. That was my genetic contribution. <laughs> I take full responsibility for that. And you just, you don't know... You don't know what to do in those moments, but you can't stop being consistent. But sometimes you have to stop and laugh. You have to stop and just affirm what is good about them. And maybe you have to stop and pray with your child and say, I'm really struggling right now. Help me know how to be a good mommy to Tommy, you know? And those are just the real moments of mothering. But get back to a place where you can affirm them. Otherwise, that built up resentment will really be damaging to the child. And they can sense it. Mm -hmm. They can. And, and within that too, uh, we've had this conversation. Sometimes kids are going to try and get you mm -hmm. to go from a parental position to more of a peer position. Yeah. And so Especially in the teen years. They're going to yell. And if you yell, you just came down. Mm -hmm. Now you're like the big sister. 
or the big brother, you're no longer the mom or the dad. Yeah. If they were critical and you come right back at them with criticism, you've diminished your position. You're no longer the mom and the dad. You're now acting like the sort of the, the sister or the brother. For love, for uh, affirmation to sort of link those two together, what are some ways that a mom um, can react to the kid in the way that the kid is acting that walks away from loving and affirming the child and, and really they lose their authority with the child? Well, I mean, I have way too many examples of that, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, if you kind of stoop down to what they're doing and if they're sinning against you, you can feel like it's okay to stoop, but staying your ground of being the adult, it's really important because otherwise, if you're just entering into their level of disagreement or arguing or whatever, so, you're not setting an example. So case study. So child raises their voice. Kind of the first instinct for some parents is raise mm -hmm. my voice. Mm -hmm. Child argues. First instinct. You escalate. Argue back. Mm -hmm. um, child criticizes. First instinct is return fire. But as soon as you do that, you're not loving, enjoying or affirming the child. Right. And quite frankly, you're no longer parenting the child, you're parroting the child. Yeah. You have now put them in the position of being the leader mm -hmm. and now you are following them and you've lost your position uh, as parent, as leader. Yeah. And if they're supposed to honor their father and mother and you're not being honorable, they still need to honor you, but it's a lot harder for them to honor when you're being dishonorable. So hit that quickly too. Um, why is it important, and the Bible's very clear on this in the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20 and elsewhere, honor and obey your mother and father. Some homes, the kids pick one or the other. Mm. Yeah, they play parents against each other. You have to be very careful that you're working as one as parents. And if you do disagree on how to parent in the moment, take it out, take the discussion out of the room, away from the child, figure out how you're going to parent through that, come to an agreement, and then... Go do that um, because kids can be super manipulative. They have a divide and conquer strategy. Yeah, they totally do. And I mean, we've seen that with our kids too. Through they know the years. what to ask mom. Yeah. They know what to ask dad. Yeah. Um, and they know they're doing it. <laughs> and so they'll figure out how to get their way. So working as one is essential. So that leads to the last point, which is discipline. So love, enjoy, affirm, discipline, uh, the four aspects of leadership. Uh, discipline, Hebrews 12, 6, the Lord disciplines the one he loves. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 13, 24, whoever spares the rod hates his son. If you don't discipline your child, mm -hmm. you hate them. And I'll just, just for a moment, riff a bit. Some of the most popular parenting in the 70s and 80s mm -hmm. was from a non-Christian perspective that kids are basically innately good. They don't have a sin nature and they don't need to be corrected or disciplined or instructed uh, we just sort of need to leave them space and then they'll just naturally evolve into these very well-adjusted, healthy adult human beings. And what it says in Proverbs is they actually have a sin nature that needs to be corrected. And if you don't correct a child, you actually hate them and you're setting them up for self-destruction. Yes. And it starts very young. Yep. Kids are selfish, again, when they're born. And so if we don't root some of that out, they're not ready for the world 
at all. And it's actually really mean to never tell them no and kind of let them raise themselves. It's very unkind. It becomes very hard if you're not used to being under authority, being on a team, abiding by rules, having responsibilities. It's a real hard pivot into the workforce. It's a real hard pivot into adult life. And you're not a good friend. You can't be a good friend if that's how you live your life. So relationships will be really hard for you. So Proverbs 13, 24, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent mm -hmm. to discipline him. And then Revelation 3, 19, you wrote, uh, God says, those who I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Mm -hmm. So how is discipline different than punishment? Discipline is because you love the child and you want to correct their behavior Punishment is you're just angry and upset and they're frustrating you, so you're going to make them change. There's not or make much, them pay. Mm -hmm, there's not much love and understanding in that. How, how easy is it for a parent to call it discipline, but the heart of it is punishment? Very. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of people watching me when I was parenting our kids, which makes it another step harder to not parent out of fear of man. And so I did do parenting not well out of that standpoint. I, I was oftentimes correcting and disciplining because I was worried about what someone thought of me or the child instead of did they actually sin in this moment and do I need to love and correct them in this yeah. moment and how do I do that? Um, and so, yeah, discipline, there's all kinds of schools of thought on discipline, but we need to discipline and correct our kids, whatever you know that looks like in your home. Um, but it's a very important aspect of because that's what God does with us. When he, he loves us enough to redirect us when we're going toward a place that's not safe for our life. And I think if you, uh, I kind of like how you put this all together, so good job. <laughs> um, but if it is, I really love you, so the L, affirm, I see greatness and destiny and God has a good future for you. Enjoy. And then enjoy, and I like doing life with you. And right now, your behavior, your attitude, it's undermining all of that. Mm -hmm. You're not living out of God's love. Um, you're making it harder to enjoy you. And I can't affirm this behavior, so I'm going to correct it so that we can get back to love. Yep. We can get back to encouragement. We can get back to affirmation. The difference between that and punishment, punishment is... You frustrated me, you inconvenienced me, you burdened me. Therefore, I'm going to make you pay so that we're even. Yeah. And I had to learn because there's so many of those frustrating moments, especially with five little kids constantly. It's zone defense. Yeah. They got you outnumbered and surrounded. <laughs> I had to learn in the moments where I really wanted to discipline out of frustration and felt like, you know, I was there was rationalization for it. I had to learn to say, you need to go to your room right now because I need to pray and figure out how I'm going to deal with that. Mm -hmm. um, even when they were very little, mommy's really upset right now and I don't want to make things worse. So I'm going to have you go to your room and you're going to sit in there for a few minutes and I'll come get you when we're ready to work this out. You know, sometimes you need to immediately correct something dangerous and that's okay. But I had to learn how to take that time out for myself before I correct it because it was so easy for me to do it out of anger and I don't want to do that. Um, yeah, I remember oftentimes with the kids when they were little, they would be acting up or pushing boundaries or figuring it out. 
and I would like to get down on their level, look them in the eye, because I can be, I'm a strong personality and I don't want to be domineering or overbearing with the kids. And I would look at them and I would say, I love you so much and I enjoy you, but what you're doing makes it hard to have fun and to enjoy you. So I need you to correct that so that we can enjoy each other and have fun. And, and it was always not to, because otherwise the, the, the punishment is you're inconveniencing me, so I'm gonna hurt you, so you stop inconveniencing me. Discipline is actually love you and enjoy you, and I wanna get forward to enjoying you and having fun with you. And discipline should lead to repentance. Yeah, explain and then, that. And then back to the love. Um, because discipline isn't just, like you're saying, you bother me, so don't do that. It's what does God have for you? What is God asking of you? And it's a starting of training them, God's expectations and love for them, mm-hmm. and so that their life can go well. It, the scriptures talk about that. And so, so basically it's, you know, I'm going to correct this and discipline this because I love you. And then when you're able to repent of that and say you're sorry and understand that that wasn't a good thing and that wasn't, that was sinful— then we can get back to, okay, you're forgiven and we're good. And you get to start again with a clean slate, just like we have with the Lord. And so it's such an example of the gospel, how God disciplines us, but he loves us. It's, mm-hmm. He doesn't love us any less or more ever. He just loves us and he corrects us because he loves us. How important is it for a parent in general, but a mother in particular, not to just preach repentance of your mm-hmm. sin to the children, but to practice repentance of sin in front of the children. Everything we do is what we're modeling to the kids. So if we're not repenting... We don't say I was wrong, it was my fault. If we're not being kind, if we're not being patient, and we're telling our kids to be, it's being hypocritical. I mean, we have a, a phrase for that, do as I say, not as I do, and we laugh about it, but it's actually dangerous yeah, to get evil. caught up in that. And and if we do that constantly with the kids and then expect them to be good, you know, godly grown adults... Not very likely. I know a lot of kids that grew up in a religious environment and they never heard parents or even Mm -hmm. dad say, it was my fault, I'm sorry, I'm wrong, will you please forgive me? Um, And so you've got to allow the Lord to still be your father, your parent, to correct you and discipline you and then share some of that with the kids because what that does for the kids then, it creates an environment where we own our stuff around here and we're forgiven and there's grace and Jesus died for us so you don't need to, you know, kill me. And uh, and it, it models for the kids because if you're in a religious environment and the parents don't own anything and they make you own everything, then you become that sneaky kid because mm-hmm. you don't want to get caught. Yep. So you're talking about discipline of a child is point D and uh, you talk a lot about in the conversation disciplining for sin. Um, we've had this conversation quite a bit. What's the difference between a sin and a mistake? And do you discipline a child for a mistake? No, a, a sin is something that is against what God would ask. Or a rule that mom and dad made mm-hmm. that was reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and a mistake is, I mean, kids are going to make a ton of mistakes. We make a ton of mistakes. Um, and we we can't discipline them and scold them and punish them for making mistakes. That's part of their learning process. We need to be able to be Give given some grace. some practical mom examples with littles. Well, kids spill a lot. Kids break things. 
if they're intentionally going around and spilling and breaking, then that's naughty and they need to be corrected for that. But if it's, you know, just they spilled their milk or they spilled the tray when they got up from, you know, their meal or, you know, they accidentally fell and broke something, it's okay. That's part of them growing up and learning how to be stable on their feet. And and sometimes we just need to laugh about it and say, oh, bummer, you know, let's let's help clean that up so that they know there is responsibility when we make mistakes. There's still responsibility after that, but don't make it into a sin issue um, because then it's all about rules. And like you said, they become sneaky because they are always avoiding that um, punishment. Well, yeah, my little question is rules without relationship mm-hmm. equal rebellion. Connect before you correct. Yeah, yeah connect mm-hmm. before you correct. And if the kid doesn't know, you know, I love you, I enjoy you, I affirm you, connect, then correct. Mm-hmm. And, and also, too, you know, rules without relationship, it results in rebellion. Mm-hmm. Those are the kids that are just like, I never get a break. Everything I do is a big deal. I get disciplined for everything. And, you know, it's not just even when they're little. It's when they're big. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I bought our kids cars and they come home with a scratch or a ding. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that they were sinning. It's that they were learning. Well, it also portrays an image of God being about rules. And we need to have a relationship with God. He wants a relationship with us. And so if we just put all these rules on our kids, we're not portraying God as Father and as love and as graciousness and mercy. And we're also, if we don't ever repent when we sin to our kids, then we're also saying that we don't need God and that They don't have a model that they need God when they sin or when they mess up. So all of this is modeling for our relationship with the Lord. And and we need to remember that when we go about training our kids. How are they seeing God right now? Not just us as parents, but how are they viewing God? Are we portraying an accurate view of God the Father and His love for His kids? And then um, I'll close with this. You brought it up earlier and I wanted to revisit it. You talked about sometimes parenting out of fear of man. Proverbs mm-hmm. twenty nine twenty five says, fear of man is a trap or a snare. Mm-hmm. And that is, what are other people thinking? What are they saying mm-hmm. about me and my kids? I mean, we it's crazy. We parented, at least in the little years, before social media and the yeah. internet. Yeah. Add that dynamic and the pressure that it puts on women in general, but mothers in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's putting an image out there of what it should be like or how you know, the pictures of how perfect their home is or their kids look perfect today. Yeah, I just got done working out. Now yeah. I got my hair all done and here's my beautiful kids all dressed up and we're eating our perfect dinner and notice that our house looks, you know, like it's, it's right like out of... It's like a fairy tale. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a fairy tale. And, and, and all of a sudden, if you're a woman that's on social media, what does that do? Yeah, comparison kills. I always tell women that. And you just... The only person that you need to check in with is God and your husband. (laughs) And then if you have wise counsel of gals around you that are pointing you to Jesus and pointing you to having a good marriage, keep those women in your life. But if you're comparing yourself with just strangers or even, you know, whatever you want to call friends on the Internet, um, it's not helpful. And it puts a lot of pressure on you to be someone you're not. And I don't personally do social media because it's a personal conviction for me. But... I talk to a lot of people and they say they wish they didn't because it leads it's to a lot healthy. of comparison. It could take a lot of time and it energy. It does, yeah. And that for me is, that's why I don't do it because I know I would get caught up in it and that would be a weakness for me. And so 
but I know there's great things about it. But if, if you're not able to actually look at those pictures or those blogs or whatever and, and feel completely guilty and, and gross after you read it, then stop reading it. Stop looking at it because it's not, if it's not helping you build. Most of it's total fake. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, they don't show you the B-roll where for the hour exactly. of trying to get the kids dressed, exactly. the boy kept taking his pants off and the girl <laughs> kept picking her nose and they lit the dog on fire. And by the time they actually right. got the the shot, it took, you know, four score and seven years and a couple of, yeah. you know, Vicodin. I mean, yeah. it's just, all of that is just not reality. But so many people are trying to pretend like they've already arrived in heaven and they've got it all together. And it's just, it's not, it's just not reality, especially with little kids. And I, I love the pictures of the little kids all dressed up and looking adorable, but I know they're like that for 30 seconds That's a right. year, you know, and it, and it took a bribe to get them there. We you know? Our older kids still don't like no, they those still don't pictures. Like that. <laughs> yeah. And so I think, uh, I think you're right. I think it's, you know, as parents in general, but a mother in particular, it's like, Lord, am I, am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Mm -hmm with the life you give me to live and the yeah. kids you give me to lead. Mm -hmm. Any other final thoughts or closing burdens on your heart for, for moms on Mother's Day? I love moms. I love being a mom and it's the hardest job in the world, but it's the most rewarding as well. And I think if we stop letting everything else distract us from what it is to be a good mom and love our kids well, the the gifts that come from that are incredible. Um, they're supposed to rise up someday and call us blessed, right? In the little years, we it's think not that will never seven. happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it does, and it's so sweet. One of my daughters gave me a little plaque that said, if you weren't my mother, you would still be my friend. And that was later in her life. That wasn't when she was two. And I thought, all of that work was so worth it because I do want a relationship with my kids long-term, but we have to start when they're little building that relationship and not just being a heavy hand. And so God has, for me, motherhood is about learning myself. I have to be a constant student. And if I'm not a student, I'm never gonna enjoy being a mom. I need to be willing to learn from my kids and learn what God is teaching me so that I can teach others. And I think if I had had this list when I was first a mom, that would have been awesome. <laughs> this is all the stuff I learned the hard way. But it's okay because I, along the way, God has had me repent of the things that I did wrong to my kids. And I love our kids. I enjoy our kids. And God has, he makes up for all the things that I do wrong. And I'm so thankful um, and so, yeah, I would just encourage you to be a student as a mom. Be, just stop and enjoy your kids. And they are a blessing. Not every day they don't feel like a blessing, but they are a blessing from the Lord. And he wants you to have a legacy that will rise up and call you blessed. Well, I want to honor you too. I do believe you're an incredible mom. Mm, thank you. And you've been a great wife and friend to set a good example and hope for the kids regarding marriage. <laughs> and so those priorities of God, marriage, kids, keeping those in order, I think, I think especially in more recent years, I think there's been an extraordinary effort on your behalf to be healthy with Jesus, me and the kids, and everyone's benefited and blessed by that. So I want to honor you and I'll have you pray for the moms in closing in just a moment. And I have just a couple of questions for those of you that are probably watching this with your family. Some of you are watching it alone. You're going to go ahead and call your mom. You should. 
or if she's with the Lord, you know, just pray and spend some time thanking God for your mom. Uh, if you're with a group, that's great. But if you're with your family, uh, these are the couple questions. Um, what do you most appreciate about your mom? Mm -hmm. These would be the questions that I ask our kids and we'll talk about at dinner. And then number two, what is your funnest mom memory? Mm, that's good. So, you know, if you're a family together, sitting on the couch or what have you, those would be our, our two questions, my two questions for you. What do you most appreciate and what's your funnest memory? And have a little discussion and honor mom. Don't turn it into a Comedy Central <laughs> roast. Mom doesn't need that. No, encourage. <laughs> encourage her. Affirm her. Yes. Enjoy her. Love her. Don't discipline her. Um, and thank you, honey, for sharing what God shared with you. And uh, if you'd be willing, uh, maybe just close our time in prayer. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the gift of motherhood. Lord, I just pray for the moms that are listening today that you would just give them courage, give them strength, give them patience, uh, and give them enjoyment of their kids. Lord, I pray that they would not give up or not grow weary of doing good because in due time there will be fruit that's born from their hard work, Lord. And I pray that they would not try and do it alone. We can't be a good mom alone, Lord. We need you desperately. So I pray that in those moments of desperateness, we would cry out to you. I pray that we would trust you to lead us and guide us. I pray that the husbands would come alongside and help lead well too and help with the burdens um, that come along. I pray for single moms, Lord, that you would just continue to equip them and help them feel so loved and not like they're not enough for their kids, Lord, but that you are a father to the fatherless. So we just pray that they would sense your presence as they strive to um, teach and train and love their kids, Lord. So help each of us learn to love, help us learn to enjoy, help us learn to affirm, and help us learn to discipline well so that our kids will grow up to love and walk with you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, babe. Thank you.